welcome to Powerhouse Politics. I'm ABC News Chief White House Correspondent John And I'm ABC News Political Director Rick Klein. Well, Rick, I've been battling a head cold all week, so excuse the voice, but this is a big Friday podcast. Uh, very excited about this. We had the big congressional uh, baseball game uh, following uh, that, that awful uh, shooting. And uh, we'll be talking to the coach of the Democratic team, and, and they were the victors, uh, Mike Doyle of Pennsylvania. And we also have Mary Bruce joining us, uh, I think perhaps the greatest congressional reporter uh, maybe ever. Definitely uh, in ABC News on. history. De- definitely, definitely in ABC News history. That is without question. Um, and uh, some remarkable news this morning. Uh, apparently the president is confirming that he is now under investigation and launching attacks at the guy that he appointed deputy attorney general. He is throwing the high heat after the game, John. This is this is for real, and this is him breaking a little bit of news on Twitter. And and you're right, confirming that he is under investigation, and then and then attacking Rod Rosenstein over it. And a little additional bit of news today from our colleague Mike Levine that Rod Rosenstein has told people at the Department of Justice that he may have to recuse himself from this from oversight over Bob Mueller. This is a strange turn of events, John. I don't have to tell you. We have seen a war on Bob Mueller developed from uh, Trump Associates and now the president himself uh, saying just in the, just hours after calling for unity, saying that bad people are part of that investigation. A, a really startling set of developments that suggests real turmoil inside that White House, a legal team and a press team that don't want him tweeting, and President Trump making the kind of news that might get him in trouble. So that tweet went out. I sent an email to Sean Spicer because, of course, I'd like to find out, first of all, to confirm, is the president actually acknowledging that he is under investigation? Is that, in fact, what was going on uh, with that tweet? Sure. Seems to me that was going on. And is it indeed Rod Rosenstein that he is attacking in that tweet? You know, this may not shock you, but um, I got an automated reply back from Sean <laughs> saying that he would be out of the office today. You got out um, of the office reply? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've never, never quite heard that from a from way as press secretary. Anyway, um, but 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 the actual we, we we should do close textual analysis here of of what we're talking about since that's what we do here on Powerhouse Politics. We we look at the facts. So the president's tweet, uh, which went out Friday morning here this morning, I am being investigated for firing the FBI director by the man who told me to fire the FBI director! Exclamation point. And then it's followed by the words, witch hunt, capitalized. Not all caps, but the words are capitalized. Right. Um, so let, let, can we just take this like in, in parts here? The first part is, I am being investigated for firing the FBI director. Yes, yes. So t- take that at, at face value, John, which I think we're inclined to do. I, I, we know that the president's tweets speak for themselves. What that says to me is that yep. he is being investigated for firing the FBI director. Have I got that right? I, I think so. Okay. Um, uh, by the man who told me to fire the FBI director. Now that that part confuses me a little bit because, I mean, the president said he was going to fire the FBI director anyway. But but I guess you could say Rosenstein because he wrote that memo. Right. That was um, the initial, which, of course, White House explanation that the president then right. trampled on later on with the Lester Holt interview, where he said Rod right. Rosenstein is a great guy. So all right, this is of course Sessions also Sessions also uh, concurred with Rosenstein's memo. True. True, but he has already taken himself out of the, the Russia mix entirely. So he's not investigating, but Rosenstein's not investigating either because Mueller's the guy investigating, right? And Mueller is not the one who recommended firing Comey. I mean, no. Mueller wasn't 
wasn't really around to do that. So anyway, I, but we think it's Rosenstein, right? We think well, that's the only the only reason. I've asked Sean. I've, as soon as Sean okay. gets back, if it happens during the podcast, I will break in <laughs> I and I will this. I will clarify. Um, but then can, can we also go back to? Um, and I know we, we have Mary Bruce on the line, which I'm very excited about. But it, 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 maybe Mary's got an answer for this when, when, when we bring her in here. But the, the, the Rosenstein actually put out a statement last night. Yeah. It was like he, a late night statement. Do you, have you seen this? I, I did. And I'm still trying to figure that one out, John, because what his statement said is that uh, that, that the American people should be careful in reading anonymously sourced stories, uh, particularly when the officials uh, named or not named are, are from other countries. No idea what the man was talking about. Zero idea. It was out of the blue. Of course, there are, there are stories that break nightly that are anonymously sourced or otherwise sourced in the newspapers, maybe responding to one in particular. But, man, that read like something that Mr. Spicer or Sarah Sanders might say from the White House podium. That did not seem like something that should or would normally be coming from the Department of Justice or the Deputy Attorney General in this case. Okay, I'll say it. Uh, you set me up, uh, Rick. But I, <laughs> this is the strangest statement that I have ever seen come from the Justice Department under any administration. Okay. I mean, the, 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 the headline in the statement is, Statement by Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein on Anonymous Allegations. And then... Just as you summarized, I mean, and, and, and why don't we just go through and do the actual words here? I mean, you did a, you did a very good summary of it. But Americans should exercise Americans should exercise caution before accepting as true any stories attributed to anonymous officials, particularly when they do not identify the country, let alone the branch or agency of government with which the alleged sources supposedly are affiliated. Americans should be skeptical about anonymous allegations. The Department of Justice has a long-established policy to neither confirm nor deny such allegations. Bizarre. What is Bizarre. he talking about? No idea. What are the allegations? What story is he talking about? What sources? What anonymous? What, yeah. what? What? What is he talking about? And when Seriously. Is it, and since when is it the Justice Department? Do you have any idea? No, I'm. I'm do you have any I mean, idea what he's talking I, about? I don't. I do not. I literally do not. And 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 since when is the Justice Department in charge of advising Americans about where they should be skeptical or not? That's just not what they do. I, I've never heard of that. That that's part of what's weird here. It it, it would seem. It would, again, no reporting to back this up yet. But it would seem to to me as an observer of this, an interested observer, that the this is some kind of coordination with the White House messaging effort, because there's no other way to explain where this comes from. Mary Bruce may have an idea. She's joined us. Okay, she's she's so, here in the studio. What do you, Mary, what, Mary, you what, figured it what, out, right? What, what, uh, what the heck? Neither confirm nor deny something that I neither know nor completely understand. <laughs> you guys, this is what happens when you get invited on this podcast? That's right. Go so, for but, it. But, but, but I, I Mary, just, Mary... Can, can you just tell us then, I, I, if you can't interpret what this means, can you just tell us what was going on, what communications were going on deep into the night between the deputy attorney general and the president? I mean, there had to be something going on. You're just on. trying to get her in trouble. Wait, here, I, I have to say, what, what, what was going on with me? I was at a baseball game, which I think we're going to talk about in a bit when this happened. And I have to say, it was one of those things where you see an email and then you're scrolling back through your email because you're wondering, well, what did I miss? And what came before this? And did I accidentally delete the email that this is trying to clarify? And, you know, I mean, you obviously point out, but the parallels between this and, and the White House messaging are just remarkable. I mean, the, the, the sort of blasting of the use of anonymous sources. And, I mean, John, you know this better than anyone, but I believe this White House themselves on occasion have have been more than happy, willing to be those exact anonymous sources for, for some of the White House reporters. Oh, my God. You know, can, can we just, uh, and maybe, you know, we, we should just fully, be fully transparent about this. But countless times 
I've been invited in with other reporters to be briefed by White House officials, senior White House officials, on the condition that we don't use their names. And this is organized frequently by the White House press office. So anonymous sources are, are you know, I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then, and then you come to the Trump tweets this morning. And, and Mary, you're up on the Hill. Lawmakers see these things. What's, what's, what's their reaction? So supporters of the president, they see the president tweet. What do you get from them? Well, you, you show them this tweet. Do you get eye rolls? What's the, what's yeah, the general consensus? Yeah, you get a, a collective eye roll, sometimes a little sigh, a bit of a shrug. I mean, especially this week, given all that's happened on Capitol Hill, given this horrific shooting, all of these renewed calls for unity, the calls to tone down the divisive rhetoric, the president himself making some of those calls. And then, you know, hours later to hear him, you know, tweeting or to see him tweeting that, those who are leading the Russian investigation are, are, are bad people, you know, reiterating that bad witch people. hunt yeah. line. Uh, it's not it's certainly not helpful. Um, and you hear over and over again that chorus from lawmakers, even Republicans saying, just knock it off, cut it out. Can we please, you know, get back to the agenda? I mean, Lindsey Graham, obviously not 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 someone who shies away from speaking his mind about the president. But he's said on more than one occasion in the last few weeks that the president, you know, maybe sort of shooting himself in the foot here. And, and you know, now you have Republicans like uh, Congressman Sanford coming out and saying, if we're going to have a change in tone here in Washington, if that's what we're calling for, it's going to have to start all the way at the top. But, but what, I mean, where is this going in terms of the White House and, and, and Mueller and the investigation? I mean, we had the strange things, the strange developments earlier this week where uh, the White House seemed to be gearing up to perhaps fire Mueller. We had the, the, you know, the suggestion raised by Newt Gingrich, by, uh, by, by Chris Ruddy, friend of the president, and then firmly denied by the White House press office, and then followed by more attacks on Mueller from the president via his Twitter feed. Well, this would seem, the Rosenstein piece of this, it, it, it almost seems like the president is trying to force Rosenstein's hand and trying to force him out. Uh, and that, that might be the next piece of this story. Uh, keep in mind, there's still a lot of big questions, John, as you've been asking the White House all the time. We still don't have a definitive word on the tapes, whether the tapes exist or not. That's going to have to happen at some point. Uh, and the president's attacks now on the special counsel, the idea of, uh, of setting things up to fire Mueller. Keep in mind, Rosenstein on the Hill earlier this week made clear that if you want to fire Mueller, you got to go through him. He said uh, that, that he wouldn't do it unless it follows the statute, which means he's got to do something wrong. He's not going to just fire him for a political reason. So uh, you can imagine a president who we know has been frustrated by Jeff Sessions' activities, and this also frustrated by Rosenstein's, gives him Mueller, who you have many people who previously supported Mueller saying he's inherently conflicted. It, it would seem that the White House views this as a mess at the Justice Department, that the president himself may want to clean up directly on Twitter. Fascinating. Well, we, we did have, uh, in, in, in the midst of all of this, I mean, it seems like 100 years ago, uh, Rick, but there was an incredible moment, uh, incredible night at Nationals Park. Our Mary Bruce was there. Uh, the, 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 the baseball game, the annual uh, baseball game, Republicans versus Democrats, uh, coming after the horrific shooting at the Republicans' practice. Uh, quite a game. I I happened to watch it on uh, on on C-SPAN. I hope you were watching. Rick. <laughs> I, I I was watching it. Uh, CNN was had a little box going in the corner. It was kind of cool. I mean, <laughs> this is this is a pretty bad baseball. Let's be honest. Better than I could play. 
No disrespect to any of the I players. Don't know. There were some. There were <laughs> there some, were some good, good moments. Cedric Richmond, I think. I think. I think. The, the, the we got to talk about him. That guy, that guy may get drafted yet, but yes. And and and, and by the way, if, if you weren't watching, I mean, the the, the commentary on C-SPAN was provided by the federal. What is it? The federal uh, news radio service uh, with Dave McConnell of WTOP doing color Love commentary. Love who's it. been covering Congress. You know, since since Henry Clay was speaker, it was phenomenal. But we are joined on the line right now uh, by the triumphant uh, winning coach of that game, the coach for the Democrats, Congressman Mike Doyle from the great state of Pennsylvania. Congressman Doyle, thank you for joining us on Power Off Politics. My pleasure. So first of all, congratulations on the win. Yeah, thank you. Uh, come on, come on out and uh on the field and uh, play with us, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll show you whether we're good or bad. Uh, oh, fair enough. Yeah, Rick, that was that was that was out of line. I heard a little bit of tra- I heard a little bit of trash talk in there, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> earlier in the broadcast, and and uh, Cedric would like to pitch to that guy. Oh my God! So, so, <laughs> no way. So, but, but you know, I, I, I do have a question to, for you. You know, Cedric, that was a complete game win. Where would you have been without him? Well, we have beat the Republicans before Cedric uh, came to Congress. Uh, I know there's this myth that it, it, Cedric's the only reason we beat the Republicans, uh, <laughs> and he's a great pitcher. Uh, but and a great hitter, by the way. Beating, I mean, what's he batting like 700 in these games? Uh, he had two hits. He had that 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 little smash that he hit down third base that went about two feet that he uh, laid <laughs> out a single, and then he had a nice triple uh, that that went to the wall. He's a great athlete. He played college ball. So he plays at a little bit different level than, than the rest of us that were mostly high school ball players. Uh, but, but uh, you know, pre-Cedric, we were beating those guys. So I, I think a lot of guys on our team are, are, you know, they're good players. And maybe the score wouldn't have been 11-2. to two, uh, But, you know, we've been very competitive against those guys for quite some time. Uh, we've beaten them eight out of the last nine years. Okay, now you said something uh, uh, last night. You said that after the game... You were going to uh, uh, go out and have uh, beers with the Republicans, and I think you were going to hug it out. Was that the phrase you used? What, what, what happened after the game? <laughs> well, after the game, uh, up in, I, I don't know what the name of the room is up there in National Stadium, uh, there, we award the MVPs, and, and uh, we're all together, and, and uh, there's a buffet up there, and then there's, you know, and there's drinks, and and so, uh, I, you know, I told Barton that, that I'd show him love before the game and I'd drink beers with him after the game. But during the game, I was going to try to beat him as bad as I could. And Congressman Mary Bruce here, just wondering, you know, what was it like out on that field, you know, just 24 hours after this horrific shooting to come out there? It was a really I was there in the stands. It was, you know, a really somber, but also a really spirited event. Yeah, it, it was kind of surreal because, I mean, I've been involved with the game for 23 years now, and, and uh, we used to play in front of crowds of like 2,000 or 3,000, and, and the biggest crowd we ever played in front of was we finally hit the 10,000 mark uh, last year. Uh, but to have 25,000 people uh, in a baseball, you know, in your Major League Baseball stadium, uh, some of our guys were just looking around at the crowd. It was, it was like, it was hard to believe. Uh, and then the money... Uh, you know, we raise money for three charities, and, and each year we try to do a little bit better. And last year we raised about $500,000 for the charity. And, and before the shooting, uh, we had on track to raise about 600000 and we were feeling pretty good about that. Uh, 
and and then this terrible incident happens and you know people start to to pay attention to it and in in a seven hour span uh an additional nine hundred thousand dollars come into the charities mm-hmm. and uh when I left last night, we were approaching one point six million uh for the three charities, actually four we included the uh fallen officer fund this year uh to go to the capitol police. I think most players will tell you that that they were glad how it how it turned out uh although I don't think anybody wants to see a repeat of uh what our colleagues went through. Yeah, yeah, and this, and this event has always been about unity, you know, about bringing you know the two parties together, putting aside your differences over baseball, at least at least for a night. And and now that seems to have taken on quite a new meaning. I mean, we we've seen all of these calls for that unity to continue to to maybe tone down some of some of the rhetoric out there in the country and and in the halls of Congress too. Is that going to stick this time? Do you think we're really going to see any changes yeah. in, in the way that we all are talking to each other? I, and I think that's. The important distinction, uh, I don't, I've told people, look, uh, you know, we're not going to change our positions on the budget and on health care. I mean, this isn't about getting together in that sense. We have some real differences uh, with Republicans on those issues, uh, just as, as Republicans have differences with us. But we can express those differences in a civil manner. And I think that's what we're talking about, that just because you don't agree with someone's position on health care, doesn't make that person evil. <laughs> you know, it just means they have a different position than you. Uh, and and I just think, you know, sometimes the rhetoric, not only coming out of, of members of Congress, but also the kind of rhetoric that you see on the Internet, uh, on social media, where people can be anonymous and, and be as rude and ignorant as they want, and there's nobody close enough to them to punch them in the face, then, you, you know, that's, that's what we're talking about, too. And the media. Uh, that tends to want to sensationalize the people that want to, you know, stick swords in one another as opposed to people that are doing things that are uh, unifying and positive. So I think everybody sort of has a role to play in this, and everybody needs to reflect uh, a little bit on their own personal behavior. So, so Congressman, I, I, I agree. It was a poignant moment, uh, and there's something to me about red versus blue and the, the symbolism of that and the way that everyone came together that did seem special. It did seem different, and I think this has been a, a really special couple of days uh, for, for members of Congress. But I, I, I just count me among the skeptics about what the lingering aftermath is. And I understand what you're saying. It's the, the policy differences or the policy differences. But the policy does bring a tone about it. You know that there are uh, talks around health care that are going to be partisan, very sharply around partisan lines, and people do impugn motives uh, as part of that. What, what is the, when you talk about looking at yourself in the mirror, what, what do you look, take away from this personally? What do your colleagues take away from this personally and say, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z differently because of, of what we're thinking about these, in these couple of days? Yeah, and and I think, you know, when you're talking about the tone of these debates and and the health fair's perfect example, uh, a lot of this tone is being set outside of Washington, too. Uh, It was set back in 2010 at the height of the Tea Party when we tried to pass the Affordable Care Act and and Democrats were being subjected to, to, you know, pretty horrible behavior back then. And it's happening now to Republicans as, as they try to repeal and replace the Affordable Care Act at their town hall meetings. So, you know, some of the uh, ugliest moments we're seeing are, are happening outside, you know, the, the halls of Congress and, and back in these respective districts where people, uh, you know, because of what they're reading, what they're hearing, 
what the uh, talk shows are saying, what the radio guys are saying, uh, are, are, are being ginned up, too. Uh, but I think from my perspective, um, I mean, I'm a progressive Democrat, and, and uh, I sit on the committee that wrote the, the Affordable Care Act. And I have very strong feelings about what the Republicans are trying to do with, with that particular bill, because uh, I think it puts a lot of vulnerable people at risk. Uh, and many of those people I represent in the city of Pittsburgh. So, uh, I mean, I'm going to be passionate about that, but, but not in a way uh, to, to basically, I'm not going to, you know, imply that somebody is trying to hurt people, uh, but people are going to be hurt, and I think they need to know that. Uh, I don't mean that they're, they're personally are, are trying to do that. Um, so I guess, I, I guess it's just in the way uh, we conduct the debate, but sometimes it, it, it does get heated. And it does get passionate. And, and I don't know that, uh, you know, when one of you said count me among the skeptics, I'm sure some of that's going to continue uh, because these are hotly contested issues. Do you have to call Pardon it out, me? though, Congressman, if you see someone, even, let's say it's it, 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 in, in a race that you're part of or messaging around an issue that you're passionate about? If, if, if your own side goes over the top, it's easier to condemn the other side. But if your own side goes sure. over the top, do you feel like there's a responsibility to say, no, that is not appropriate discussion. You can say what you like about Speaker Ryan and his policies, but to say that he wants people to, to die is not appropriate, for instance. Uh, probably isn't appropriate, and, and, and both sides need to stop that. <clears throat> I, I just think that, uh, unfortunately, in, in the age of politics we're living in, uh, it, it's, you know, it's difficult to get both sides to call a truce uh, not to use that kind of rhetoric. And, cert- you know, you got a special election coming up in Georgia. Uh, in, in what, on Tuesday? Right, Tuesday. It's the only race in town, right? That's right. $30 million plus being spent in that race, and, and the kitchen sink is being thrown, you know, in that race because it's tight, and, and there's there's a chance that, that uh, Republicans could lose that race, and Nancy Pelosi is being vilified down in Georgia as we speak, uh, you know, as a, as a means to go after the gentleman that's running on the Democratic ticket. Uh, how do you stop that? Um, I don't know. I, I, I mean, it gets back to the national parties, the DCCC, the RNC, the DNC. Uh, there's a lot of layers of this that, that fall outside, you know, the purview of individual members of Congress. Uh, I know how I like to conduct my campaigns uh, and, and how I try to behave towards the opponents that I run against. Uh, and I, you know, to give them a forum to speak their views and to have a vigorous debate and to treat them with respect. And I think that's what I'm talking about is every everybody has to to take this upon themselves. So it's it's not just members of Congress. Uh, you know, it, it goes well beyond that. And, and can you stop it all? It, you know, probably put me amongst the skeptics, too, uh, in terms of, you know, this 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 ends. Uh, but I think when something like this happens, uh, it's at least, you know, a, a chance for some reflection and, and hopefully we move a little bit further down the line towards civility uh, and away from some of the, the, the rhetoric that we hear on both sides uh, that we're talking about. So that's my hope. All right. Congressman Mike Doyle, the, the Democrat from Pennsylvania, the, the, the manager of the winning team, congratulations. And for the record, I will never step into a batter's box against Cedric Richmond, uh, <laughs> not even for one pitch. That would scare me. 
but uh, and I applaud. Uh, in all seriousness, I, I say it's bad baseball. It's only by the by the standards of the, of the majors. You guys are out there. You you, it, you tremendous athletes, and they are they are. Uh, you take it so seriously. I mean, a lot of practice goes into this. You try to turn double plays in practice. I mean, it, it's a lot better than any of us could do. So congratulations we, we get up on that. At, we get up at five thirty every morning for three months, practicing for this one game, and. Nobody, you know, this is a one game a year. If you're yeah. the hero, you're a hero for a year. If you're the <laughs> goat, you're a goat for a year. Okay, so we do take it serious because nobody wants to be the goat. Fair enough. Thank you, Congressman. All right, have a great day. Be well. You know, and I'll tell you, Rick, Cedric Richmond uh, pitching for the Democrats, he was – his heater is is in the eighties. I mean, this, yeah, this, this guy. I mean, <laughs> I mean, fair. you know, I mean, he he could definitely go in and and, and uh, you know, I mean, I I'm not I'm only like half joking about the Nationals maybe need a little help in the bullpen from this guy. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's not fair. So so I uh, I uh, you know that I, look there was a sense that that that, that the, the, the shocking nature of that of of the shooting and and the way uh the way people have rallied around Scalise and and I think the very honorable uh way that they decided to play this baseball game anyway i you know there, there was a lot of chatter um in in the hours after the shooting that there was no way they could they could go on with the game and you know i mean to me they had to go on with the game, yeah. and and, um, and and I think that it was a you know very powerful message that, that, that they weren't going to let they weren't going to let it stop. And that was great, you know, the way they, um, you know, uh, Scalise gets the trophy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, just fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. By the way, Rick, um, the uh, coming back to our earlier discussion, you, you mentioned uh, near the top of the podcast that. Um, our reporting is that is that is that Rod Rosenstein has talked with senior officials at the Justice Department about the possibility that he may need to recuse himself from the Russia investigation. Uh, that's a very significant development, um, and if that happens, will be uh, very significant. Do you know who will take over if Rod Rosenstein becomes now the second official to recuse himself? You know, after Sessions, who then at the Justice Department would be? the acting attorney general on matters related to the Russia investigation? So uh, enlighten me, John, because I feel like you teed that up in a way that, that it's, it's just, I'm just, I, just because I've, I've seen you in action before, John, I feel like that's a I know something that you don't know type of moment. So go for well, it. Well, it's funny, it's funny that you should say that, Rick, because okay, I do okay. actually know. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah, it, it would be the associate attorney general. Now, you know who that is, right? Recently confirmed. Uh, Rachel Brand is, is, I yes. believe. See, Rick, I, I know that you know this stuff. This is good. So Rachel Brand, 44 years old, um, not exactly a household name, uh, even for uh, for people like uh, Rick and I and Mary. Uh, but I've been doing a little bit of uh, a quick uh, research with Google. my friend, Go, uh, yeah. Mr. Mr. Google. Um, she is a... Um, uh, a former uh, Supreme Court clerk for Kennedy, uh, Harvard Law grad, University of Minnesota, I believe, undergrad, uh, uh, from, um, uh, appears to be from Iowa, and uh, had, been, a- had served in the Justice Department under President Bush, where she led the murder boards, the, the, you know, the, 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 mock, uh, the mock confirmation hearings, for Alito and Roberts. Wow. Uh, so very interesting Federal Society members, you might imagine. 
Um, and when I, when I was looking through, I found this uh, little profile of her that was done in the Washington Post um, just, uh, just recently. Let's look at the date on this, uh, May 28th, because she had j- just been confirmed. And you scroll through this this article, and there's an interesting quote here uh, attesting to her uh, qualifications from a former Democrat, uh, uh, a former Democratic official in the Justice Department, high-ranking Democratic official in the Justice Department, um, saying uh, good things about her. That official's name is Jamie Gorelick. Oh wow, wow. So, so if she is that the worst. What's Jamie job Gorelick ever? doing right now, by the way? Is that the worst job? I'm sorry, what was that, John? What is Jamie Grelick doing right now? Go for it. I believe that she is the um, attorney representing um, the, uh, the, the, the the president's son-in-law. Oh, wow. All right. Well, this is fun. Okay. So is that a conflict of interest? I, probably not. <laughs> is but it's just is kind this of funny. the worst they, they, job they, they, ever? They, or like, where does this... <laughs> Where does this trail lead, John? In your mind, I mean, what, where, where, how do you, how does this get squared? First of all, you still have the independent counsel. Uh, it, it, it puts new oversight in this. It just seems to to make things really messy. Does it just muddy I mean, the waters? Can, can you imagine though? You're 44 years old. You're you're you got this. You're the number three official at the Justice Department. You're you know your head down. You got this big job. And suddenly you find yourself in charge. Boom. The, Boom. Uh, Good luck in your lap. Good luck. Like, thanks. Good luck with all that. I do think, though, I mean, to, to tie together the themes today, right? So you, you, this, I feel like the baseball moment was a bit of a missed opportunity. It could have been bigger. It could have been more. I was struck by totally the agree. aftermath of the, of the shooting, how small a story that was on on uh on thursday after wednesday it was all out uh and and it and it seems like it's because the other stuff invades in trump's washington mary you see it you see it every day in trump's washington everything everything has a half-life of like a nanosecond yeah time moves at a different pace these days but also there is that concern are we just you know unfortunately so accustomed to these shootings that you know in some ways no matter how shocking and horrific it you know, it breaks through in a very different way than it did a year ago, two years ago, 10 years ago. I actually had an interesting conversation yesterday with uh, Senator Chris Murphy from Connecticut, who's a big uh, Democrat, but obviously a big advocate for gun control. And a catcher on the team. And, and a catcher on the team. And we were talking about, you know, the importance of playing this game, you know, last night. And he actually said that he paused and wondered, you know, if there was a concern in, in making it appear that things are just back to normal so soon, so quickly. I mean, ultimately, he agreed that it was important to have this sort of to show American resilience and get back out on the field and play ball. But but does it give people an opportunity to, to also, you know, does it gloss over things a little bit and, right. and, you know, make people move on maybe sooner than than they should be? Yeah, I mean, I, it, I, it feels to me like there was a little bit of that. And to see to see Nancy Pelosi next to Paul Ryan and to see Mitch McConnell next to Oh, they all hang out all the time. Yeah, right. It all, <laughs> it all seemed it all seemed it all seemed very very nice for the moment, but but still utterly disconnected from yeah. Donald Trump's Washington. Yeah. That is just not the reality of Washington in Donald Trump's world and his presidency. It just isn't. And and even a tragic event like like happened this week that could have been so much worse as a massacre didn't bring out some kind of a difference to my mind. Yeah, it's, these are these are surreal times, Rick. These are these are I mean these are fascinating times. This is a great time to be a reporter in Washington, uh, but it is um, the, the cognitive dissonance uh, is is without is without limit. I mean, 
there was a uh, a fundraiser, uh, an email that went out um, uh, yesterday uh, with, under the president's name, saying Democrats have absolutely no nothing to offer. Uh, you know, just as the yeah. just as the president, I, I, I thought offered some really eloquent words uh, uh, about the need for unity in, in, in the wake of the shooting, both uh, the statement that he made uh, just hours after the shooting uh, from the White House and in the message that he, he you know, he, he offered, uh, the, the videotape message he offered before the game yesterday. Yeah, it's been almost like two President Trumps. I mean, we've certainly seen this before, but the words coming out of him in person, out of his, out of his own mouth, very different from the words being tweeted out and put out, you know, through these email blasts and things. It's um, it's tough to reconcile, I think. Well, we'll reconcile it all next week on Powerhouse Politics. Uh, but Mary, thank you for joining. I mean, we joined us for again. Me, I mean, guys. You, this you, is you, fun. You kind of like up to the up to the podcast here for us. You guys, you guys, the bar is high over here. Definitely, definitely made it smarter. I don't know about that, but it is fun. I, it is fun to join. You think you could hit Cedric Ritzman's fastball? I want to hear from both of I don't, you guys. I have to say, can I end with a shameless plug? Yeah. Which is that I play on the women's team. Yes. Next Wednesday. The Bad News Babes, the women's press team, is you facing off it. against female lawmakers on Wednesday night. I have to say, we are not practicing every morning. I'm a little scared oh, now. now. I've heard having different things about this. About I thought you guys the, were serious about this. Am we I are very serious, Rick. But yeah. I'm a little concerned now that I hear about how the uh, how the Republicans and Democrats of the congressional baseball team was uh, was really going full at it. Uh, I may be doing a little extra practice this weekend. Yeah, go But it should it. be really Mary, fun. Mary, you know, you, you don't have to be at work until 7 for, for Good Morning America, right? <laughs> Tons of time. <laughs> I, I love nothing so, more than a good 4 a.m. run around the bases, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. I mean, give me a break. Uh, what, what, what position will you be playing? Uh, I think I'm in the outfield somewhere. <laughs> it doesn't sound as serious. I'm sorry. It doesn't sound. Doesn't sound. We we gotta work what? on this. Rick, do you see these guns here? Come I, on, come on. <laughs> you, we're, we're, this is. I, I'm I'm rooting for you guys. Beat those members. I love it. Every 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 step of the way. They got another thing coming. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening to Powerhouse Politics. We'll see you again next week.